You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we're television news anchors at competing stations in New York. But in real life, we are the best of friends. Okay, so tell our listeners why we decided on The Ladies Room. You know, it's that place where you get yourself together, maybe fix your hair and makeup, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, you know I know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal ladies who are doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. We're on air in the ladies' room. We are in the presence of greatness, as you said, Iris, right? Greatness, the woman who paved the way (laughs) for for us. For us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. The Jackie Robinson. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. I'm I'm humbled and proud (laughs) to be here. (laughs) Okay. So we'll start with... like I said, you're definitely a legend. I know when I first came here to Central New York and Iris, you can probably speak on this. Your name was all that I heard. And I said, one day, Lord, let me meet her. And you were so gracious to us. You invited us to your house yes. and showed us everything. You were in jet. You showed us that. Yes. And, you know, they made comparisons with the Jackie Robinson about how he broke color barriers and right. you did the same. Right, Talk right. about you're, that. Yeah. I'm, well, I made history in 1990. That was when I was named the main anchor um, at uh, WSTM, and uh, at the time, Jet Magazine said, "43 years ago, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in one field. Mm-hmm. This Jackie Robinson is breaking the color barrier in another field." Amazing. And so uh, the rest, as you say, is history. But basically, th- that was, you know. My claim to fame. Yeah, and I heard a story going around that Syracuse students were supposed to write about Jackie Robinson, the baseball player. And and that's tell me a little about. Really, you know, I I think um, I'm I'm probably uh, most known for that. Mm -hmm. But you know, I you know I was always giving back and going into the schools and the community, and you know I was a household name, and uh, there was an eighth grade Regents exam. And which everyone took, mm-hmm. and hundreds of students here in this community um, wrote about me because what had happened. The question was: there are a number of outstanding Americans in the field of politics, arts, religion, and they gave them several names uh, for this essay question. It was John D. Rockefeller, Rose, Theodore Roosevelt, mm-hmm. Susan B. Anthony, and of course. Jackie Robinson. The test makers thought the students would write about the base-stealing Brooklyn Dodger. And instead, hundreds of students right here in central New York wrote about me, their hometown, homegrown anchor. Wow. And yes, it was very humbling, but it was a big controversy because as a statewide regents exam, hundreds of these students would have failed this exam. Mm. Uh, as you know, the multiple choice and then the exam counts more. But the state education department and the regents said that I met all the criteria and I was ultimately honored in Albany wow. at the egg by the governor of New York State. That is so, amazing. Yeah, it oh is. Oh my and goodness. <laughs> but, well, what's amazing is that the students knew enough about me to write an entire essay. Mm-hmm. And that just made me really proud. Yeah, and let's go back to that. You said you were homegrown, so you went to uh, Cicero High School and then went to Syracuse University. Did you ever say, I want to leave, or what made you stay here in central New York? I, uh, 
Growing up in central New York, in North Syracuse, there was nobody on television that looked like me. There were, not only were there no minorities, there weren't any women uh, uh, at the time. And so I want, you know, television is supposed to be reflective mm -hmm. of your community. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the community spoke up. Uh, there was a group called the Syracuse Coalition for the Free Flow of Information, SCIFI, and community leaders had got together and they had complained to the Syracuse TV stations and said, why isn't television reflective of the community? And the TV stations, you know, basically ignored it and they complained to the FCC and they said, the FCC said, change it or you'll lose your license. And so a scholarship was created at Syracuse University for minority students to attend on a full ride and major in radio and television. Um, and so maybe 350 students, um, you know, uh, applied for this scholarship. But as luck would have it, um, I ended up winning that scholarship wow. to Syracuse University and attended uh, the Newhouse School of Communications. And I minored in broadcast journalism and I minored in speech. Mm. But coming to this community, my father is retired Air Force. Mm -hmm. I'm one of five children. And um, we came from England here. Yeah. And so we had started school over there, but I you know, went from Main Street to Roxborough to Cicero High School and then Syracuse University. And I think like most students, you know, at first you want to go away to school, but my parents, I said, oh, I'm turning the scholarship down. And my parents, one of five kids, said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> and so I thought, well, OK. And, uh, and it just um, it snowballed from there. But my summer internship, I ended up landing a, a summer internship at uh, WSTM TV. Wow. And I, it, was the, it changed my life because I had the opportunity to work some, with some of the best in the business. I mean, at that time, uh, Al Roker was doing the weather mm -hmm. at Channel 5, and he'd be over in our station all the time. And Steve Croft of 60 Minutes fame mm -hmm. was a reporter. Wow. All, the, all of these um, individuals, Jean Missouri, she was a correspondent, uh, they were all reporters. Mm -hmm. and, and now you see them on the national news and, and that sort of thing. But at the time, they were going out and covering stories right here. Yeah, <laughs> and Syracuse. by the end of the summer, I was, I want to be just like them. You know? and, and that's so, when you knew. Oh, that's when I, I majored and brought up. What do I have to do to be like you? Wow. Uh, so what um, inspired or piqued your interest in journalism? I know that you said they, they established a scholarship, but you had to have some interest or like... I guess, what was it about journalism or who inspired you? I, well, my parents, I would say, were the biggest influence on, on me. And because they were the type that you can do anything you want to be. You know, you, you could do anything. Uh, you know, they pushed us to succeed and to do well. And they never said, you know, oh, that dream is too big. So this is what you want to do? Okay. You know, they were, they were behind it. And they were at every event and everything that I ever, you know, covered or 
every story, every, you know, dinner, mm. <laughs> that sort of thing. But they were always very, very supportive. And But I think uh, they were involved in the community. My mom was president of the National Council of Negro Women, and, you know, she was very involved in her church at People's Amy Zion. And they were always uh, giving back to the community, which had given so much to me. And so I, here I thought, I'm, I'm just following in their footsteps. And uh, this was an opportunity for me to make a difference because I could tell the stories that are happening in my community. You know, why is this important to us? You know, if there's going to be school buses or if we're going to have to walk to school and it's too far, or that sort of thing. So I was want, wanting to do well also to make sure that I was the first, but I mm. wanted to make sure that I was not going to be the last. Mm. And, um, you know, I knew every time, every step that I took that, you know, all eyes are on you mm -hmm. because if you don't do well, <laughs> then there, there, there isn't going to be anyone coming behind you. Yeah, definitely. So I know I always hear uh, stories from the photographers that I work with. Oh, I remember when Jackie was with us at the courts and you know, covering oh my courts. Goodness. So obviously, you know, you started as, I think it was a newsroom secretary, they said, or as... Well, yes, I was the, during the summer, uh -huh. I, I was, there was a woman named Hilda Taylor. And back then... They took off for the summer to be home with their kids. Mm. Uh, and so I was That's the nice. newsroom secretary <laughs> in high school. Yeah. And, of course... These grown people weren't listening. I was the kid. That, that's, <laughs> you know, that's what they called me, you know. And so it was, um, yeah. I, I was the newsroom secretary, but I didn't know how to make coffee. I was supposed to, you know, get the dough, you know, everything. But I was doing the, we had film back then. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, do, doing the f filing and wow. all of that sort of thing. Yeah. How did your role evolve, though, into becoming a reporter and then obviously eventually getting that, that well, anchor spot? My senior year, um, back then, uh, there pretty much was a quota system. If a man left, they replaced you with another man. If a female left, they replaced you with another female. And at the time, there was a woman leaving to get married. Um, and... The news director, I remember, called me up and said, "You want a job?" And I, you know, you're thinking, "Is this a prank call?" <laughs> you know, because you you know how you're looking everywhere and you want to you want to start. And I knew the newsroom and you know all of the reporters. And when I first started, I was shadowing mm -hmm. different people. And I'll never forget, uh, Rochelle Casella said, "Oh, you'll never learn anything this way. I'm going to watch you." And so she she would follow me around, and you know I'm having a panic attack yeah. thinking, you know we would go out and it wasn't like school Monday Wednesday Friday the assignment was due or Tuesday Thursday, we would go out on assignment and in five minutes mm -hmm. they were going live and wanting to know how the you know the car crashed into the train tracks mm -hmm. in Liverpool or so, whatever, and so I'd come back but. That pressure, uh, it made you, I, th I think you, you go ahead and you do things when you know there isn't any safety net. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, little did I know that she was also writing the stories or whatever when we would come back. But I think that pressure of me th knowing that she was waiting for me mm -hmm. to, but she, she never divulged that to me. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, so that's when I started as a reporter. And I worked my way from a cub reporter to anchoring all of the shows, the 5, 5.30, 6, and 11. And so in 1990, that was a big deal when um, back then, and you knew it was a double standard because when I became the main anchor, they had had um, several groups to watch and, and send out surveys to find out, would you watch, would you, you know, accept the news from a female, uh, from a minority female? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, you know, that sort of thing. And you know that they didn't do this. You know, they, they, they didn't have these groups and, and that sort of thing for anyone else. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so wow. that's, uh, yeah, September 4th, 1990, I became the main anchor at oh 6 o'clock, goodness. which was front page news. What yeah. was that day like, you know, preparing for, you know, the show and, you know, getting ready to be live? You know, you've prepared for it your whole life, mm-hmm. and you know that there's only one anchor desk Mm -hmm. and you've been out in the field and you've been covering stories and you know that you've worked so hard to get to that point and you just want to do well because this is what you've worked all your life for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then for you, obviously there's a lot of challenges. Anyone who works in news will tell you just the pressure, the deadline, the this or that. What for you at that time, being a woman of color, what was the biggest challenges and hurdles that you faced during that time? And, and how did you overcome those? I think the biggest challenge was I didn't want to be, I didn't want um, to be treated any differently than the other reporters and anchors. And uh, so that was, that was my, my, my main thing is, you know, um, I didn't want to be a, a, a separate set of standards. Um, so there will, I, I was always emphasizing, I don't want preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. I want the same treatment. And, uh, but, you know, back then, you know, there was, you, you were dealing with these newsrooms, you know, everyone smoking. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was an old boys network. And at, at the time, they didn't want women. You know, it was, oh, she's going to be too emotional, and she's going to be more concerned about her nails and her hair and um, all of the things that it, it's so different now. You know, it's, it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we were saying earlier that Jennifer and I are both, you know, anchors here in Syracuse, and you paved the way. Like you said, that you had to do a good job to make sure there would be some more people after you, and there are, and there have been, you know, how does it make you feel to know that, you know, you you played a role in, you know, making it a reality, making it normal to see, you know, different kinds of people on television? You know, we're here, and you're mentoring us here. I think it's fabulous. Um, I'm excited to see, and, and at the same time, I'm still thinking, well, why hasn't this happened? Mm. You know, there was so much of, oh, she, she's the first. And, and you think, gee, it's 1990, and we're still talking about the first this mm. and the yeah. first that and uh, uh, that sort of thing. And so, but it, it's, it's thrilling to see, you know, I'm not the only one anymore. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> but it, you're also sit, sitting here and you're thinking, okay, so... When are we going to, you know, see more in management and ownership and 
all of the other things and, and steps that uh, should be happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. So this is a question. I, I don't know if you get it, but when I go and speak to students, they always say, what is your favorite story that you ever covered? <laughs> and I always, you know, I laugh because I, it's a good question because we cover so much. But what is the story that you say has stuck with you now in your years of retirement that you remember vividly? The, the one, it's, it's funny because people ask me this all the time and, you know, it's usually, you know, the little, but it's the stories that really made a difference. And the one that I always uh, uh, reflect on was uh, Vanessa Williams becoming mm, the first yes. black Miss America. And I'll never forget this when I argued to go cover this story. And they had sent me to cover her here as Miss Greater Syracuse over at Nottingham High School. And then, you know, as Miss, she became Miss Syracuse. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget coming back and saying to the news director, this girl's going to win. Wow. And he said, nobody from Syracuse is going to win. Mm -hmm. And I remember this saying, no, no, you don't understand. This girl is going to win. And I remember covering her so many times when she, by the time she got to the state level uh, up in, in Watertown, mm -hmm. and we went, and of course she won uh, at the state rounds, and I wanted to go to Atlantic City, yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget, we, you know, we went there, and I know you've seen it on TV, and it's only, you know, a couple hours, if you can imagine being there a whole week, and, you know, I thought I could get out there and do the dance routines and whatever <laughs> else they were doing out there, but, and she, for the talent I, she was maybe number 50. So the photographer, we had gone from, from the, you know, uh, videotaping all of the, the violins and the baton twirl, everyone, at, until she sang. Uh, but it was just amazing to be there. It was just like so many people thought, this will never happen in my lifetime. Mm. Just like when President Obama became the first black president. No one expected the first black Miss America. Mm -hmm. And it was just to be there when history was being made. And so many people were trying to make me the story, to ask mm. me how I felt to be there to see her crowned Miss America. And um, it was just one of those kind of s stories, you know, from, you know, right here in our community, mm. you know, a student up at Syracuse University and... Um, she becoming Miss America, but I knew from the first time I met, it, there's one of those kind of things that when you meet somebody mm -hmm. and they have this it factor, it, yes. and you know right away, oh yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I knew she's going to win. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Ooh, amazing. All right, yes. so life in retirement, how's it treating you? Every time I turn around, <laughs> you're busy yeah. here, right, busy right. there. Speaking here, doing community events there. It hasn't there. slowed down. <laughs> At all. <laughs> no. I, I'm still getting requests to speak and to um, MC different programs. I'm doing some marketing and consulting for Home Incorporated for the developmentally disabled and Shirley Goddard working with her. The church is keeping me busy. You know, I'm Central Baptist. We do our annual golf tournament, yeah. which is a year-long process and... Um, working with that. Delta Sigma Theta, my sorority, keeping me, and, and Henry and I are trying to do a little traveling. The kids are grown and gone, you yeah, know. They're doing amazing things, right? Yes, the kids. yes. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm so proud. I'm one of those proud parents. But, <laughs> yeah, you should be. Yeah, so we're, you know, 
busy. Took me to Hawaii for my birthday Ooh. and all the things that you, you know, but people keep, how's retirement? And I keep saying, I'd like to find out. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, Do you miss a business, though? I don't miss the hours. Okay. Because you were night side. You work, what, 2 to yes. 11? Okay. But then plenty of uh, filling in on, on the mornings. Ugh. Yeah. Still not a porning person. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so you, you end up, uh, in 35 years, you've, you've done every shift. Mm, right. And, uh, but, um, no, I don't, I don't miss the hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it, it's so different now. It's not the business I went into. Yeah. yeah. It changes so, every day. Social media, like. yeah. that aspect, and just everything is yeah. different. Mm -hmm. It's digital. And, yeah. All right. Well, I have a final question. Get some video, too. What advice, and this is what I'm asking every guest, what advice would you tell a young Jackie Robinson? Ooh. What would you tell your younger self? To work hard and persevere. Mm. And just don't doubt that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. I, I think that would be my, my best ad, ad advice. And then, um, you know, just... Go out and change the world. One and day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank again you. for thank just you. taking time to be with us. And we know we'll see you out there doing your thing in the community. And thank yes. you for just being a role model to us. We really, right. really appreciate everything you've done. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle onairTLR. And of course, if there's a lady you want us to interview, just let us know. We'll chat again soon in the, the ladies' room. room.